0: This is Scott Archer, pastor of Central Congregational Church in La Mesa, California. Thank you so much for tuning into our Sunday service podcast, CCC Sunday Messages. I hope you find the messages both challenging and encouraging as you seek to know and follow Jesus in your daily life. If you live in or ever happen to visit the San Diego area, we would love to have you join us for worship and fellowship. For location, service times, and other information about our church, please visit our website at ccclamesa.com. CCC is a small but passionate intergenerational church working together for the glory of God and the good of our neighbors near and far. Turn with me in your Bible or Bible app uh, to Psalm 23. We're going to continue our occasional series. There's a psalm for that. Um, at least for another week. Um, and uh, today we're going to take a few minutes to look into uh, the most well known psalm, possibly the wel- most well known passage of Scripture in the entire Bible next to the Lord's Prayer. Um, and so while you're turning there, I also want to let you know, though, in a week or two, I'm not sure if it's going to be next Sunday or the Sunday after, we're going to be starting a new series. And um, I'm actually really excited about this. We're going to be going through the book of Judges in the Old Testament. Uh, And I want to tell you that now. So if you're interested, you can start reading through the book. Uh, If you've never read the book of Judges, it is a crazy book. There's all sorts of stuff that goes on in it. It's it's going to intrigue you. It's probably going to make you mad. It's going to confuse you. But I think there's some wonderful things in there to challenge us and help us grow. It's where we find out about Samson, it's where we find out about Gideon, and, and there's just great stories. And so uh, we'll start that next week or the week after, so start reading through it now if you'd like and get familiar with it. Uh, but for this Sunday at least, we're going to get back into our series, there's a psalm for that, and we're going to look at Psalm 23, and I'm sure many of you know this psalm by heart. Uh, you learned it as a child, and um, it's just one of the most beautiful, comforting pieces of poetry uh, in, the, in, in all of history. Uh, even people that aren't Christians, even people that even people that aren't Jews that would know this because of reading the Old Testament or the Jewish Bible, uh, many people still know this psalm and have it memorized. And uh, so we're going to take a look at it, and I want to take it look at it in the context of thinking about trustworthy leadership, the desperate need we have for trustworthy, thoughtful. Uh, leadership that there's an there's a psalm for that again i almost said there's an app for that uh where do we find trustworthy leadership where do we find leadership that we can truly count on that is leadership that's based in integrity um well there's a psalm for that and again there's actually several psalms for that but there's none better than psalm 23 that help us and obviously those of us which is most of us that are that would consider ourselves christians followers of jesus um we would, uh, we, would, we would say amen to that right away, that we would recognize that God is the one that we are looking to for leadership in our life uh, through his son Jesus and by his Holy Spirit resident within us. But again, the psalmist David puts it down in a prayer, a song, a psalm, and in, a, in poetic form that is so beautiful and yet so powerful. So we're going to just walk through it uh, verse by verse here. and um, And I want to just encourage you to just uh, maybe write some things down. I didn't provide any notes, but you might want to scribble some things down. And you might want to just take and use this psalm as a place of devotion and meditation through the week. Um, I've told you many times that one of my practices on a daily basis, I have a, I have a time of quiet and devotion every morning while I'm having my cup of coffee, um, and I read various portions of scripture and other things. But one of the things I do is I read a psalm, and I read the same psalm, uh, every day, the whole week, and I read it out of different translations—a different translation every day—and I just meditate on it, and I use it to guide my prayers. And so, I would encourage you uh, to do that for yourself, and specifically, uh, in, as a follow-up to today's message, maybe just to spend the week meditating on Psalm 23. And so, you know, we we are in a p- place, and I, I I'm sure you would agree with me, we where we are desperate uh, in our country and in our world for. For trustworthy leadership. Uh, leadership that's based in humility, that's based in true uh, concern for the well being of those being led, um, leadership that has a vision beyond itself, a leadership that has a vision beyond just maintaining its own power, uh, all of those things. And uh, at the same time, we're inundated with so many voices, so much information whether it be through the news on TV, what we hear on the radio, through social media, through conversations we have with friends, what we read, if some, those of you that still read the newspaper. Um, we, we're inundated with so many voices that it's hard at times to sort through all that and really uh, know who to trust and who, should, who we should listen to. But Psalm 23, David the psalmist in Psalm 23 wants to bring us back, back to 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 a baseline here to where we start. And that is to attune our ears to God our Father, who is also the shepherd of our souls and to learn to listen to Jesus himself who called himself the good shepherd who we which we will look at in just a moment so let's read the psalm maybe you want to say it aloud with me and since we aren't actually in each other's presence then you can say it or read it in whatever translation you're familiar with and we won't confuse each other i'm reading from the new international version psalm 23 the lord is my shepherd i shall not be in want Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What a beautiful psalm. I'm almost hesitant to even preach this psalm because it's so beautiful, it's so powerful, we could gain so much just by sitting quietly by ourselves and praying it out and listening to the Holy Spirit. But um, no such luck. I'm going to take take the chance and I'm going to walk us through it verse by verse. So this psalm famously begins, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. And God, in multiple places, in the book of Isaiah, in the book of Ezekiel, and then Jesus himself in the New Testament, uh, identifies himself in his relationship to us as a shepherd of the sheep. Um, And the thing about sheep uh, that we know uh, is that sheep need to be led. And I guess from what I've heard, sheep are pretty dumb animals. They're not really... Uh, the the sharpest tool in the shed, as they say, when it comes to animals. Um, And I don't think God's reference to us as sheep means that we're dumb, uh, because we know that's not true. We know that we are created in, in the image of God, and we've been given gifts and talents and purpose in him. So the idea that he's a shepherd and that we're the sheep doesn't mean that we're dumb, And that we don't have a will and a vision for our lives. But what it does imply, when he says the Lord is my shepherd, what it does imply is that we still are people that need to be led. Um, And this is King David writing this psalm. Uh, The man that was chosen by God and anointed by God to be the king of Israel and and achieved the golden years, uh, the golden days of the kingdom of Israel. And even David recognized that he desperately needed leadership in his life. He needed guidance in his life, and he looked primarily to the Lord, and he is the one that says, the Lord is my shepherd. Um, And I want to just spend a moment here because I think it's so important in this time when we're so desperate for good leadership, uh, and there's so much self-serving leadership. There's so much uh, leadership that is manipulative it's so important that we remind ourselves that God is our father, and yet he is also pictures himself or refers to himself as our shepherd, and Jesus specifically calls himself our shepherd. And a shepherd is one that guides the sheep faithfully and lovingly and carefully uh, to the places where they need to go. Listen to what Isaiah um, says in his prophecy uh, he speaking for God, he's taking to task the, uh, the bad shepherds, the, the religious leaders that aren't doing a good job. And he says, "See, this is verse 10 of Isaiah 40. He says, "See the Lord, the sovereign Lord comes with power, and his arm rules for him. See his reward is with him, and his recompense accompanies him." Verse 11, He, speaking of God, tends his flock like a shepherd." He gathers his la- the lambs in his arms and he carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those who have young. So when we think of leadership in our world, I think we tend to think of CEOs and presidents and kings, and and there's a need for that kind of leadership. But when we think of God as our shepherd, when we think of Jesus as our shepherd, and we read this kind of passage, we realize that there's a gentleness, there's a kindness, there's an intimacy in the idea of a shepherd as a leader and a guide. And that's how God is, and that's how he wants us to know him. If we jump over to the book of Ezekiel, um, and again, Ezekiel... God, on behalf of God, is taking the unjust, uh, unshepherd-like leadership of the Jews, uh, Jewish nation to task. Um, and so finally, in verse 11 of chapter 34, Ezekiel speaking, for God says, for this is what the sovereign Lord says, I myself will search for my sheep and look after them. As a shepherd looks after his scattered flock, when he is with them, so I will look after my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places where they were scattered on a day of clouds and darkness. I will bring them out from the nations and gather them from the countries, and I will bring them into their own land. And it goes on. God is a shepherd who loves us, who looks out for us, who, who cares for us when we can't care for ourselves, who goes and finds us when we're lost. We know Jesus talked about, that he would be the one that would leave the ninety and nine and go find the lost sheep. And then jumping to the New Testament in John chapter 10, where Jesus famously refers to himself as the good shepherd. He says at verse 11 of chapter 10, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his, the sheep. A hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he has a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. Think about that in the context of so much of the leadership we see today, whether it's in the church or outside the church, local, government, national, worldwide, whatever. Verse 14, Jesus is speaking, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. All of that is encapsulated in this brief introduction by David the Lord is my shepherd. Doesn't say the Lord is my CEO even though he is that. Doesn't say the Lord is the president or the king and we know he's all those things and more, but David recognizes that at the heart The leadership of God, the guidance of God, the presence of God in our life is like a shepherd with his sheep. So he says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. Other translations say something like, the Lord is my shepherd, I will lack no good thing. It's the shepherd's job to make sure that the sheep have what they need. It goes on to say, he makes me lie down in green pastures and he leads me beside quiet waters. He makes sure they have what they need to eat and he makes sure they have what they, enough to drink and they have a place to rest and find rest and shade. If the Lord is our shepherd, we will never be truly in want. We will never lack what we need. Think about that. Think about in all of the noise of the world and all the places where we're seeking direction, where we're trying to think, who can we trust? Are we really looking to God and are we really opening our hearts to Jesus and to the presence of his Holy Spirit as the shepherd of our souls? Recognizing that the very God of the universe, the God that spoke the worlds into being and that breathed the breath of life into into, uh, Adam and Eve or into Adam and created, uh, you know, created the human race god is going that that god who today holds the whole universe together by his word is the one who has revealed himself not just as our god out there somewhere but as the shepherd of our soul and if god is on our side as it says elsewhere in the scripture who can be against us if god is on our side if god is our shepherd how could we ever think that we're going to truly lack for anything that we truly need doesn't mean that God always gives us what we want right when we want it. It doesn't mean that God doesn't allow us go through difficult times, as we'll see in a moment. But brothers and sisters, I, I just think this is so important to camp here for a moment. A moment. Twenty twenty has just turned into the most crazy year that probably any of us can can remember. Uh, you know, virus, the virus, and 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 riots, and now the fire tornado, and the plague, and and fires, uh, forest fire. I mean, there's this, and hurricanes, there's so, so much going on and so much division within our country and it might be easy for us to be so, to get overwhelmed with fear and worry or despair. Friend, brother, sister, can I just implore you to open your heart afresh today to God through Jesus Christ by his Holy Spirit and to recognize that he is, is the shepherd of our soul, and if he is with us, if we are listening to his voice, uh, following his guidance, we will never lack for anything. He is the one, as it goes on, that makes us lie down in green pastures. Uh, he leads us by, beside quiet waters, and that phrase, that verse, verse 2, ends with the familiar phrase, he restores my soul, or as it says in the King James, he restoreth my soul. The Hebrew, a better translation of the Hebrew, that word "soul" is nefesh, which actually is the better word. Nefesh is the word that is used for life and breath. And so, really, when we think about this, when we learn to, when we, when we come out of the hustle and bustle and we shut our, our ears off to other voices and we listen and follow the leading of God as our shepherd, not only does He lead us beside quiet um, green pastures and quiet waters, but He gives us our life back. He helps us catch our very Think about that. Think about those times in your life when you get so overwhelmed, when you just feel so lost. And those times, I'm sure we've all been there, where we've gotten so uptight where it's even hard to breathe. And David is saying that the Lord is his shepherd and, and that he provides everything he needs. And ultimately, it is through listening to a shepherd and obeying God as his shepherd that he gets his very life breath. Life back, his very breath back, his soul, his life is restored. It's renewed. It's recreated. That's available to you and to me this very moment on this day. Will you tune your ear afresh to the voice of Jesus, the Shepherd of your soul? And then it goes from in verse three, starting. He restores my soul, or he gives me my life back. It says, and then it says, he guides me in the paths of righteousness. For his name's sake. So David first talks about how when we listen to God, he he takes care of us personally. He makes he takes care of us emotionally, mentally, spiritually, he helps us get the rest and the calm and the he helps us center, right? To use sort of a modern psychological word or or spiritual word, whatever you want want to look at it. And then once we've sort of grounded ourselves in, where, in God and, and found our rest, found our sustenance in Him, then from that place, He leads us out into His purposes in the world. He guides me in the paths of righteousness. Today, it's t- living today is so confusing. Again, there's so many, who should I vote for? Where Should, should I stand up, sit down, speak, not speak? How do I navigate uh, the world before me today? We have a shepherd of our soul that doesn't just want to care for us, but he wants to lead us out into the world, lead us into the paths of righteousness or justice, it could just as easily say. To work, as we say here in our church, for his glory and the good of our neighbors. But we don't do that from our own perspective, from our listening to our own uh, ideas, but we do that by finding our center, finding our peace, finding our sustenance in the Lord, and then allowing him to, to lead us out into the world where, he, where we can be most useful to him and to our neighbors. And we do it for his name's sake, for his glory, so that people will be more apt to look to him than to us. Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, Jesus says, Let your light so shine among men that they might see your good deeds and thus glorify your Father in heaven. That's the effect of our life when we're truly following the shepherd of our soul. He quiets us, he provides for us, and then he leads us out into paths of righteousness. He shows us the way to go for his name's sake. Verse 4, And then, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. That phrase in the Hebrew, the valley of the shadow of death, Uh, it's hard to translate in English, but it it sort of gives the idea of just a darkness that is, you know, you've been in those places, maybe in a cave or somewhere where it's so dark, you can't even see your hand in front of your face, or that sense of not just physical darkness, but even a darkness that has a spiritual aspect that you can feel it within you. And David knows what he's talking about. David went through many dark, dark times, and he says, even though I walk, through the valley of the shadow of death, even though I walk through the darkest place, I will fear no evil. And he says, for your rod and your staff comfort me. Now he says he will fear no evil because he can take his fear and he can look to the shepherd of his soul. He can remind himself that he's not alone. In another psalm, I can't remember where uh, where it is right now, but he the psalmist says if i make my bed if i make you know if i go to the highest heavens you are there and if i make my bed in the depths of sheol in the place of the dead even there i cannot escape your presence brothers and sisters are you going through a hard time right now mentally emotionally maybe financially maybe physically maybe relationally maybe there's all sorts of things going on do you feel fear anxiety welling up within you can i just implore you beseech you uh, get into the Psalms, get into the Word, use them as a place to help you open your heart up to Jesus, to the presence of His Holy Spirit, and allow Him to reveal Himself to you uh, as the shepherd of your soul in the midst of the darkest things you might be walking through. We can get to that place. This doesn't mean we're never afraid. This isn't Pollyanna. Things happen in life that are very scary, but we can find our feet again, and we can come to a place where we can say with the psalmist, even in that deep, dark place, I'm going to tune my ear to the shepherd and I'm going to recognize that he's with me and I'm going to overcome my fears, not because I'm so brave, but because God's so good. And we are going to let him guide us, his rod, his staff. That talks about guidance and correction. We're going to know that they're, they're a help to us. They're going to guide us through the valley of the shadow of death. What is that, a country song or whatever it says, when you're walking through hell, don't, you know, keep on walk. keep on walking. When you're going through hell, keep on walking. And what the enemy wants us to do, he wants to overwhelm us with our fears, and when we get in that dark, scary place, the shadow of death, what he wants us to do is just sit down and have a pity party. He wants us to become a victim. And the psalmist, wants, the psalmist is saying, I'm not a victim. I might go through a dark, scary place, but I'm going to keep walking and I'm going to keep attuning my ear to the voice of God, to the presence of the Holy Spirit, and with His help, I'm going to get through it. And I'm not going to just survive, I'm going to thrive, because then the next verse says, as we know, verse 5, that you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. It's not just, hey, hang in there, because when you get on the other side, there's some really good things. No, the shepherd of our soul, he comes and he meets us and he provides for our needs and 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 uh, gives us help and hope in the very presence when we're surrounded by our enemies. And in that act, it's sort of a he's sort of mocking the enemies that are growling around us and think they've got us cornered. And look at what it says. He doesn't just give us what we need. He's not just saying, "Oh, here's a sip of water so you survive." It says, "You anoint my head with oil." And the language there in the Hebrew is like. Like he's taking you to a spa day. I don't know how many of you like spa days or have ever been to those places, but, you know, the lotions and stuff that smell so good and they feel so good and make your skin. There's a luxuriousness to the language here in the Hebrew. God isn't just helping him survive this time, but he's coming and he's lavishing his love on him. He's lavishing his provision. He says, you anoint my head with oil and my cup. You know, can I just have another little sip? No, my cup overflows. My cup overflows in the presence of my enemies. That's just so powerful it's so beautiful and I think right now um, many of us that are that are Christians and that are used to going to church we might think, oh man, we're never going to get to go to church again and you know the, the government's out to get us they want to shut us down and blah 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 and just don't buy into that don't buy into that and don't get in a mindset where we just got to survive this. God is with us right now and he wants to pour his blessings on us abundantly to meet our needs, to, to encourage us, to, to uh, help us find rest and uh, give us enough so where it's overflowing and we'd be a source of help and hope and joy and love to those around us. Even as we feel surrounded uh, by our enemies and feel, and feel like we're in the shadow of death itself. That is the kind of shepherd that we have. That he sticks with us. He even lays down his life with us. He is right there with us in the hardest times, and he provides for us. He more than provides for us. And then finally in verse 6, the psalmist, King David, wraps it up, and he says, Surely, in light of all of this, surely, goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. The idea here in the language, the original language, is that that, um, goodness and love are like pursuing him. As he attunes his ear uh, to the shepherd of his soul, it's like like God is always just th- finding ways to bless him and to provide for him. It says, Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the le- forever, Lord forever or for the length of my days. I will always be with the Lord. I will always be in his presence. And we know, David, this was the most important thing in his whole life. It was the greatest joy of his life. Um, flip over to psalm chapter 27 um, and uh, listen to what he says uh, he says starting at verse one psalm of david psalm 27 the lord is my light and my salvation whom shall i fear the lord is the stronghold of my life um, of whom shall i be afraid similar language to psalm 23 and he talks about how his enemies are all around him and you know it, things look really bad. And in the midst of that, in verse 4, he says, one thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. You know, when we're, times are good or times are bad, we can easily get our focus on uh, things we think that will make us happy, that will that it will get us out of that place of trouble or that will bring us pleasure or refreshment or whatever. And, and a lot of those things, there's nothing wrong with them in and of themselves. But David knew as he listened to the shepherd of his soul, not only did he want to be led, but he knew that being in the presence of God, being in the presence of the shepherd of his soul, was the place of greatest joy, the place of greatest peace. Psalm 84, which is actually the psalm I'm in this week in my own devotion, uh, has something similar to say about this. Um, He says at the beginning, uh, this is a a song of the sons of Korah. So this is another psalmist saying similar things. He says in verse 1 of Psalm 84, How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord Almighty! My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. As we navigate these challenging times, uh, what are you longing for? Where are you looking for relief? Where are you looking for help and for hope? God wants you to know that he is not just your God, he's not just your creator, but he is the shepherd of your soul. And he's he's trying to convince us and show us that he is the one that will provide all of our needs. And more than anything, he will provide us his very self. That we can dwell in his house, in his presence. Jesus says in John chapter 15, Abide in me, and me and my word will abide in you. will dwell together, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Just two more, or one more uh, scripture. The Apostle Paul, in his letters of the Philippians chapter 3 says, He's talking about how he could use his credentials, his training, everything he is, to sort of puff himself up and compare himself to other people. But listen to what he says in verse 7 of chapter 3. He says, But whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss. I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For whose sake I have lost all things, I consider them rubbish, that I may gain Christ, and uh, not having uh, excuse me, that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The apostle Paul, with all of his religious training, uh, with all of his intellect, uh, all of the influence he could have had, he said, none of that matters to being in the presence of and in the purposes of the God who created me. And we come to that by knowing Jesus, by following Jesus, hearing his voice with the one who said, I am the good shepherd, the one who lays down his life for the sheep. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Do you know that this morning, my friends? Are you seeking the shepherd of your soul If you haven't been doing that consistently, I would just invite you, start with this psalm, start today, start tomorrow, or continue tomorrow. Uh, Shut out the other voices for a while, um, and really press in and know that God is with you, God is for you, and he has so much he wants to bless you and me with. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your servant David, and for the powerful, beautiful songs and prayers that he wrote, the poems really that he wrote. And thank you so much for what we call Psalm 23, Lord, that has been cherished and meditated upon and and brought so much hope and help throughout the centuries. Uh, Lord, a psalm that we know Jesus himself easily had memorized. Um, And when he called himself the good shepherd, I'm certain that he had this psalm in his mind. Um, Thank you, Lord, that you have revealed yourself to us, as the shepherd of our souls, the one that wants to uh, guide us and care for us, provide for us, protect us in every way, the one who wants to lavish your love and your gifts upon us. Lord, forgive us for the ways that we reduce you to, the, to some little God that we can sort of understand or the ways that we project our, um, our faulty images of what we think you're like on you from our own weaknesses or our own bad examples of other authority figures. Lord, help us to look to you. Help us to look to Jesus and let you be the God that you are. Let you be the Father that you are and let you be the shepherd of our souls. Lord, bless my brothers and sisters and anybody that's visiting with us this morning virtually. Uh, Help them, encourage us, encourage them, meet their needs and help us to look to you. In Christ's name, amen.